What's up, freaks? Welcome back to the Progcast, presented by the Prog Space. I'm your host, Randy Salo from Freaks and Stuus Media. And with me, as always, and virtually for now, it's my good friend, Dario from the Prog Space and also from Freaks. Um, yeah, how's it going, Randy? Yeah, it's, uh, you know, same. I feel like every week we're in the same place. I'm in my living room, you're in yours, and uh, <laughs> we're not in the, our podcast studio as usual, but can't complain otherwise. Sun is shining outside. My balcony door open. We are on episode 52, right? Episode 52. Today is the 15th of April. You guys will be hearing this on yes. the 16th. And we're lucky today because we're joined by two very handsome Danish fellows uh, in the call who you can't see, so we'll just have to describe them. Uh, we have Mikkel and Christian from Feather Mountain. Welcome, guys. Hello. Thank you. Hello, guys. Dario, what's our plan today? Yeah, we're, we're um, as always, we will have our little What's in Our Walkman section, and then we, will, we, we want to know everything about Feather Mountain as we've been talking about you guys a lot in the last episodes so it's cool to have you on the show now and actually hear a little bit from your side what the band is all about as you're fairly new to the scene i guess um before we start um as always also um yeah last week we had a cool guest as well ross jennings from haken and uh, novena uh, so episode. go Go back to check that out if you haven't already. And, of course, also check out the Spotify playlist that I'm always compiling to accompany our broadcast episodes. Like last week, um, it was crazy. It was over 50 new videos. And this week was around 40, I think, or 38 or something. So not that much, but really good stuff. I mean, new... new uh, legless horse and all that shit you can find it in the mondays what's hot section on the prog space um and yeah i i guess we will do another uh best of what's hot section at the end of uh of the month april as we establish now with february and march which is a pretty cool thing i guess and yeah, if you're listening to the broadcast for the first time or maybe for the second or, and you for some reason haven't subscribed to us or whatever, do it now. It helps us a lot. Reach more people and Give uh, a rating on your uh, on your podcast platform and yeah, uh, yeah. share it with your friends. So um, now today we're four, four people. So we, we, we're going to have a little more. Uh, entries to the spotify <laughs> playlist for the what's in your walkman section so i'm um, <laughs> i'm gonna start uh with uh mikkel here mikkel what's in your walkman Wh what have you been listening to the last uh days or it can be something something new something fresh uh, something underground something unknown could be also some old heroes of yours uh that you still like to listen to right <laughs> well actually i've been I've been listening quite a bit to uh, Northlane's newest album, Alien, because okay. I missed yeah. it actually when it first came out. I, f I think it's actually a couple of months now, if not even more. Um, they just yeah, dropped the digging, documentary, digging that. didn't they? They did. I just watched that a few days ago, yeah, about uh, band life, touring life, and how they almost quit altogether. 
uh, and just oh. yeah, a documentary about their newest record. That's what prompted me to go back and listen to it, actually. Where can people see that documentary, actually? It's on YouTube. Yeah, cool. Um, so uh, Northline is ever, uh, is actually um, a name I've heard around for quite some time. Uh, coming from, from a more traditional prog, rock and prog, metal stamp, mm, like upbringing, so to speak, I'm fairly new to, to a lot of this metalcore stuff yeah uh but i'm but i'm uh yeah due to more and more bands doing their own progressive version of metalcore i also gradually get familiar with that kind of sign and also kind of enjoy it um so i will i will give it a listen and do you have a song recommendation uh, from top of your head from that, from the last album. You, actually, I just think the outro track. I usually just hear the album from one end to another, and the outro track always hits me. Hmm. Um, I don't know the name actually, but yeah, it's, it's a good point one. about the, uh, <laughs> the sort of crossover nature of like metalcore. I mean, I think of bands like Betraying the Martyrs, who I think metalcore, like true metalcore fans, really like, but also a lot of progressive fans probably get right. into them as well. I mean, I do as well. It's just, I think it's just, honestly, it's the it's the production of that album that intrigued me, because I felt it can get a bit for me to, um, like, how do you say it, um, like production-y, like it can it can get pretty flat, I think, metalcore for me. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. the song structure usually can be kind of boring, but I think they did something very interesting on the like the production side. The, okay. Do you mean that normally metalcore is a little bit maybe overly produced sound? Yeah. 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 And, cold. and, mm. and song and yeah. song structure yeah. as well. Yeah. 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 Um, for for me actually the, the the band that opened this um these more metalcore sounds was the French band Hypnose. Uh, but they're 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 quite unique, I, I think, also in the progressive metalcore scene because they they have all these long songs and super atmospheric and a lot of spoken words like um, uh, samples and all this this philosophical shit going on. So you're kind of a sucker uh, for the spoken word <laughs> thing, aren't you, Dario? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, starting to, I'm starting to learn yeah. that Dario's into the spoken word thing. I think we have. <laughs> So. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's there's not many bands that do it. I mean, the 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 um, the way Gareth Mason Mason does it for Novena and um, Slice the Cake yeah. is is different than Hypnos because they use like samples from from I don't know from movies and stuff. Oh, okay. Also in different languages in French and. Uh, the, the the sad story of, about this for me was that when I finally saw them uh, live with that album, uh, Shores of an Abstract Line, with their 2016 album, um, I had the CD already, but there was no booklet with the lyrics. And at the merch stand, they had like a special bigger booklet with all the lyrics and all the samples where they're coming from oh. and it was the very last they ever produced and then so after the show like there were, were was nobody on the merch stand during the show or before the show 
So after the show, I went to the merch stand. I, I wanted to have it, but another guy took it before me. <laughs> oh yeah, that's a tough choice going to the merch stand or seeing the concert. <laughs> oh, what to do? Yeah. So Christian, um, what's in your Walkman then? Um, well, uh, actually, I think I listen to a lot of different music, uh, but right now it's the great misdirect by yeah. Between the Bird and Me, and also Billie Eilish. Uh, yeah. Just started listening to her, uh, and okay, you're getting <laughs> the full story now. <laughs> yeah, Florence and the Machine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Long's album. I saw her um, perform at the Roskilde Festival a couple of years ago, mm -hmm. and and even though I don't listen that much to pop music, that was uh, a very special performance for me, and I was very. Uh, it was like everything came together at that concert. So, um, so I I do listen a lot to her. After that, it really impressed me. Mm -hmm. um, but also, yeah, between the bird and me, and I'm also listening to uh, Fear Inoculum by Tool, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so I guess that's uh, that's what I'm walking around listening to these days not to sidetrack too much into the pop world but um i don't know if you saw this netflix documentary um five foot two it's no like, i haven't seen it uh it's it's kind of shot in the year that uh, lady gaga made the joanne album and was playing the super bowl and um she uh florence makes a guest appearance on the album so she's in the film for 10 Ooh. 15 minutes so just a little okay. little tip for you yeah. to go back and check that out for that. Yeah, I'll definitely do that. Yeah, thanks. I'm actually I'm actually checking back on our uh, prog space uh, progcast episodes because at one point we mentioned Florence, yeah. uh, and the machine. We we and tried I, I, we tried to get them for Auto Capella. I don't know if you guys know this show that we did on Freaks called Auto Capella, where we had um, bands singing in my car a cappella. Um, <laughs> we had we had we had the Haken guys. They did Neil by mouth by mouth. Um, we oh, had Coheed and Cambria and Avatar from Sweden and yeah, loads of other bands. And we tried to get Florence the Machine, but mm. yeah, that, that would have been huge. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that would be so cool. I think yeah. that's yeah. Um, we we uh, I I found the episode. It was. Um, um back in on um last may mm -hmm. uh last year and uh we we talked about the song florence and the machine did for uh with the new game of thrones season that's right yeah they they did this video for the for the song where it was like the complete recap for the for the whole seasons for all of yeah. the seasons i think yeah yeah which was quite cool and i mean the song was amazing she's she's a it's originally amazing artist the, amazing i think they originally sang it in the episode um like the night before the big battle at um right at the wall uh and uh and then somebody sings it in the room i recall and then at the end credits is the original version i guess her version uh which is what we watched yes. on the show yeah, yeah. Oh, something like that. Oh, Super Game emotional. The Game of yeah. Thrones nerd out there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cool. Uh, and yeah. I just wanted to say for the great misdirect, yeah, this was my first uh, Between the Buried and Me album. I think yeah. um, for that album, they went on tour with uh, Dream Theater and Opeth and 
three maybe on the progressive nation tour that was a like a maybe a north american only tour uh like a like it was like a touring festival for prog bands a little wow. thing mike uh portnoy kind of started and initiated I think, <laughs> of course <laughs> i want to say they did two, two two or three um years of that do you remember dario um, actually, I saw a European version of that, and that was with Opeth. Um, Big Elf and uh -huh. Unexpect. Ah, okay. Mm -hmm. And uh, I saw it in Ludwigsburg uh, with my back then band buddies, and um, we were so stupid as to grab food, and because of that, we missed Unexpect, and then they Unexpect quit after, I think, shortly oh. after that. Unexpectedly? So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, so, I mean, I really love the, the Great Misdirect, uh, but it wasn't like the, the first album from them that I really loved. I think Colors, like, when, when I heard Colors yeah. after the fact, I, that's the thing, that's probably the album that more drew, drew me into the band because um, I think Great Misdirect is a little it's a little less accessible in that way like a little less yeah. melodic maybe and also because Colors has the, the whole yeah concept and you know the sort of intro outro feeling you know like um, yes. I think I got more into that as a prog fan so but yeah. uh, one of my favorite bands now yeah they, then, so. they are so diverse and yeah. so they they have this great blend of being funny and very serious at the same time i think <laughs> and i really i really think that i love the way they 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 take themselves seriously while doing all these crazy things musically yeah, yeah i just uh, i can't get enough of it i think it's so so cool yeah there so i think if i if i could uh, uh, wish a song for uh, your list i think uh, maybe taylor's yeah. by mm -hmm. between the burning that was like the first of their songs i listened to and i, I I got hooked by this Pink Floyd-ish uh, part in the middle of the song that really, you know, where they just take you and bring you all the way down and it gets so relaxed and so groovy and then all of a sudden they just start building and bring you back to the screaming and the blast beats and everything and yeah, yeah. Taylor's, I Fra think it's that's so, from such Parallax a great song. Too, though, right? Yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah this is, I think this is my... We haven't done our episode on on favorite albums of the 2010s, but I think that one's definitely <laughs> in, in there. It's my favorite from yeah. them, and it's one of my favorite prog albums, Parallax 2. Uh, yeah, cool. Uh, yeah. Uh, Randy, what's in your book? I've been listening um, a lot to a Norwegian band called, uh, I'm going to butcher the name, Goethe. Uh, this is like G... Goethe. Yeah, Gota. Yeah, with G Gota. A with the, I don't know how you guys call this A with the circle above it, T E. Yeah. Um, they do like, I would call it like dark Norwegian folk rock. Yeah. So, um, yeah. and I've been listening to the last album from them, uh, which came out in 2018. I think we've already checked out some new singles from them because they've been releasing singles. Uh, yeah, we, had, we, we, we we actually watched one video of a new song, new video. Yeah, uh, a couple of we, uh, a couple of months ago. 
And this is a band that um, the guitarist of Matter Mortem, uh, BP, um, told me about when, when I was up there filming with them because it's like one of their favorite bands from the last 10, 20 years, I guess. Um, and the album is called Sveven. Sveven, yeah. Uh, but very cool. I mean, I would say for fans of well, Matter Mortem for sure, but um, even The Gathering uh, or um, Catatonia maybe. Yeah. It's um, okay. very, very epic. I wasn't sure if I'd like it so much. They sing in Norwegian um, and it definitely is rooted in like the, the folk music, um, which maybe you guys relate to as well in Denmark, right? You have a, a yeah. connected culture there. So and maybe you can understand it. Um, but uh, I'll send you the name of the. I'll send you the track that I want you to share. I, I can't pronounce it. It's yeah. like Asmund Frigg David something like this. <laughs> a whole bunch of letters that I don't. Yeah, wait, 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 wait. Exactly. So, but um, yes. uh, that sounds interesting. Dario, what are you listening cool. to? Um, yeah, I just wanted to say, uh, still our friend Magnus from Twenty Two is also the guitar player involved. Uh, and we we had uh, Magnus on the um, broadcast uh, when yeah when Twenty Two played at Euroblast. And Magnus is the guitarist um, of Twenty Two, both Twenty Two and Gotte. Ah, yeah, that's that's a yeah. crazy different different type of band, but makes sense in a way. Yeah, actually, when yeah, I listened yeah. to them, um, I thought that I don't see why they don't tour with like Matter Mortem, for instance, or Matter Mortem tour with them. Uh, in that case, yeah. even though the music style is very different, there's a lot of connectivity in the roots of the music. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, I, 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 I would want to go check what what happened to that album actually, because I think that uh, video that we watched together on the show that was, I think, the first single for an upcoming new album. Yeah. Um, it, it's only uh, listed as singles. There's they have a, a number of singles uh, online um, from this yeah. from this past year. I think it was Holdra was the name of the single, but there's no album info. It's just the single. Uh, Dario, what's in your Walkman? Yes, uh, actually, this morning I listened to a new album from a Swedish band called Sweven. And uh, uh -huh. the album is called uh, The Eternal Resonance. They're from Stockholm, and this is their debut album, but they're kind of like a follow-up band uh, to, a, to a band called Morbus Krohn, apparently. And they play a kind of progressive death metal, not entirely unlike uh, early Opeth, like before Still Life. And ah, okay. even though I'm not too big on that... Um, a friend of mine uh, recommended them on Facebook, and I was super intrigued by the album cover art, which is super amazing. And uh, it's it's a, it's an epic album. They they uh, they are a trio. Um, so um, what's kind of interesting is that they're they're not as wall of sound heavy as you would expect from death metal nowadays. Mm -hmm. um, so there's a lot of space between the music you know and the contrast between that and the, the uh, heavy uh, guttural death metal vocals um, 
is something I'm not entirely like I don't get into that that much but they have a lot of interesting stuff going on in that album and so I would um, I will put the song reduced to an amber into the playlist because mm. there's uh, uh, really cool uh, harmonic stuff going on towards the end and at the very end of the album there was some acoustic stuff going on that sounded a lot like Opeth um, like early Opeth acoustic stuff but mm -hmm. also the melody sounded more like this epic doom metal from Wild Heaven Wept this kind of oh, yeah, okay. stuff um, so that was would be the, the one thing the other thing would be um, something we I've been talking a lot in the last year on the broadcast about but today Facebook reminded me and a lot of my friends that one year ago um, our good friend Lucas De La Rosa put out his solo playthrough for uh, his guest solo on the Soledad uh, solo project <laughs> <laughs> album Catharsis um, on the song Indigo um, so yeah the one more chance about solo on the broadcast history <laughs> I think <laughs> one more because chance. Of Dario. <laughs> one more chance to plug uh, Soledad and that amazing album. Yeah, cool. Um, that was it, and uh, that brings us uh, to our uh, special guests for today from Denmark: Feather Mountain, Mikkel, and Christian. Um, yeah. Uh, your new band. You released your debut album uh, last September. Um, we've been discussing before before we started uh, this call today. Actually, whether it's nidus or needus, or and what, <laughs> what 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 does it mean? Actually, it's <laughs> we say nidus. I think commonly in the band. Yes, nidus. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And uh, I, it, yeah, we started laughing when we heard people say needus. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. Nidus. Uh, so is there is there there um, like a story behind that album title? Yeah, there is. Um, and, yeah, is 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 it is it an actual word that it is? It's a it's a medical term. Ah, or okay. Like a a starting rift in an artery. Oh. So it's like the beginning of um, could you say injury or or like a small yeah artery breaking. Yeah. Or the starting Ooh. point of uh, cancer spreading could also be like that. Yeah, but it's yeah, it, it's the starting point of something. Wow! And we thought it was fitting for a, a debut album for us. And, <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, yeah, and um, yeah, I'm the drummer and the bass player, Andreas, my brother. He uh, we both are um, health professionals, and okay. he's a nurse, and I'm a I'm a physiotherapist when I don't play music. So we have like this. Um, <laughs> professional curiosity <laughs> if you can call it that um, and we think a lot about uh, we yeah we see a lot of ill people all the time so for us it it kind of makes sense um, to like blend the music and what we do for a living your brother yeah. uh, he was telling me because we, I kind of connected with him first about this about having you guys on and he said he was having to work the night shift last night so is he in the hospital uh, then with um yeah, he works in a hospital. He works in uh, Ries Hospital, and that's like the biggest hospital in uh, Denmark. And oh, wow. uh, yeah, he works with uh, 
very ill people, people with uh, like, uh, oh, I haven't prepared for this one, but uh, <laughs> people with uh, chronic uh, disease in their stomachs. Uh, so maybe they have cancer uh, in their intestines, or maybe they've had surgery in their intestines. Um, so it's a very specialized uh, uh, job he has. Oh, wow. Yeah. Lots of he sees a lot of spooky, <laughs> spooky shit all the time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Makes great stories. Yeah, the bedroom. <laughs> what sounds like that? Uh, I mean, you said your profession has kind of entered into the band's realm. Does that does that give the album any kind of concept? Concept, or um, maybe you could talk a little bit about that. Like, if there's a concept that runs through the album that's related, or there is, there is. Um specifically uh in this ill it's it's very existential the themes and then we but because of andreas uh specifically there's a song on there called rupture which is about an incident he had where he uh, got a head injury and was um had to he couldn't do anything for a couple of months wow. and it, it, he was unsure whether he could like play music again so there's very very much so uh theme themes on like illness and who are you as a person existentially yeah yeah, yeah there was a, a loss of identity uh when he got hit uh, yeah he was on a bicycle on his way to um to the hospital, he got hit by a car and he had a very big concussion after that. And I work with uh, people with um, stroke and traumatic brain injury when I'm at work. And he was, after all the things I've told him about uh, the people I see, he was very scared that he actually had a brain injury after the concussion because um, sometimes there can like be an, an overlap between these things um, and yeah. the symptoms can also look a bit alike so um, he was afraid that he he had a brain injury and he was afraid that he would never be able to play the bass again and that he wouldn't be able to uh, go to work and play with us and all of these things it was like yeah. his life was uh, shredded uh, in an instant that's how it felt at, at least but it turned out well uh, he's his old self again he can play he can sing he can go to work and and yeah he he made a song about it so so yeah it's definitely a theme on the album wow mm. um so when when you um composed the album did, did the music or the the lyrics uh, and and the themes come first classic it's actually question. yeah it's a classic question <laughs> and it's always the music I I really try to. Uh, I'm ve I'm very stubborn when it comes to that. I think um, I want the music to like almost be done before I write to it. I I can't see myself writing. I the music has to speak to me at, at on some level before I write lyrics. Mm -hmm. And uh, I've I've given a lot of thought about this actually. Why you just just write something and you'll make it fit right but mm. there's just something weirdly wrong about that i think <laughs> <For me at least. laughs> yeah you mean you kind of wait until you feel like the the the, the thing is made like <clears throat> like that is fully formed before you feel like it makes sense to put lyrics over it 
I do, yeah. I do, because we like, especially in this genre, the um, pieces of the music can change, and then the feeling changes as well. So if I write something, I feel it's complete, and then we change like two minutes of the song. That can be extremely annoying, I think. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah but it's it's not like Miguel. He's not just waiting for the song to be complete before <laughs> he starts writing. It's I think I think Miguel is very active in the rehearsal space, and he has a lot of opinions regarding the music itself. Mm. So often, it's like all of the instrumentalists. We are we have <laughs> we're in the trench. We're just grinding and working and trying to make a lot of cool stuff and Mikkel he has like the overview and he can tell us if something if it doesn't fit or if it doesn't feel right so I think uh, even though it, it might be a little passive regarding the lyrics then Mikkel is extremely active in the rehearsal space anyway yeah I, I, I re that, that reminds me of uh my time with uh, as a actually as a background singer only uh, in a melodic doom metal band called Extorian and um it was uh, so, so cool to i was always kind of the the uh the one um translating the stuff the guitarist wanted to from the drummer or the bass player because i <laughs> always understood what he wanted and and then i could translate and then um, yeah. So I was I was very much involved in the arrangement process and 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 stuff like this, which was uh, really fun to do as well, and uh, also gave gave me like a more more yeah also like an involvement in the development of the pieces. Yeah, um, Mikkel, do you think it's like a kind of a storytelling thing that like when you're listening to them in doing the musical part that you could kind of foresee what will work uh, lyrically or m melodically, like your, your, the melody lines as like a piece of music? Yeah, it, it usually it, I can, if I just one, like a riff, a simple guitar riff, and I can hear what I want the band to do. <laughs> but it's getting that across. And then like some, some riff might spark an idea for a lyrical theme. And then I'll try to convey what I want it to be, right? But uh, yeah, for sure. Um, can we can we uh, pick your brain about the 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 video? I think this is how we kind of stumbled upon you guys in the first place. Um, yeah, the video well, for well, passing. Or, or sorry, Dario has another yeah, plan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. I just wanted to to uh, make sure that the first uh, time I stumbled uh, across the name Feather Mountain was by recommendation of a good friend, uh, Rune Berswig oh, Reynos yeah. from the Prog Space. And uh, that was last year, probably October or something, October, November. And yeah, then you suddenly you were announced for Prog Power Europe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then and then the video came. That was like strike three. And then we we were like, okay, yeah, there is something. There is some something uh, interesting about this band. <laughs> something very yeah. interesting. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Uh, Why won't they uh, leave us alone? <laughs> <laughs> uh, take, yeah. take it away from here, Randy. Uh, about the you're the the the, the video film yeah. and video. <laughs> yeah. So, do, do you want to talk to me a little bit about like the the origins of that video, like where the ideas came from, 
you know, where the, the, the story, so to speak, came from and so forth? Yeah, of course. Um, you know, um, we know the the produ- no, sorry, the director and uh, the art director for the video, um, Una Oliver O'Hagan and Line Suenaga. Uh, Andreas, the bass player, he went to a boarding school with them 10 years ago or 12 years ago. And they've like they've been on the sideline for a long time and following him and uh, they just yeah, they knew that we were having this this project and that we at some point wanted to do a video and uh, we wanted to do a very personal video in a sense we didn't want to do like a typical metal video or a, a playthrough video or something yeah. like that but we wanted to tell a story and we thought that the best way to do that would be if the guys that made the video, if they actually really knew us. So we had a lot of meetings with uh, with, with Una and Line, uh, where we discussed the video, we discussed the band itself. And at, at one point we had an, uh, like a date with them. We, we went to that place, the entire band, and we thought that we had to discuss, um, I don't know, details about the video. But they had prepared like, um, a, a very long interview for us so the band had to be together discussing the band itself and then one by one we were taken away and then the band had to talk about that person who wasn't in the room and wow. the person outside had to talk about how he saw himself in the band so it was very Whoa. you know they really dug deep into the band and uh, our dreams and the way we see ourselves and so yeah, all of a sudden they knew us really, really well and they had made us um, reflect a lot about a lot of things that we hadn't really reflected <laughs> about before. <laughs> um, and then it just made sense to, uh, you know, to go with it. So what we wanted to do with the video was to give the listener an artistic, uh, symbolic uh, expression of who we are as persons. So there's a lot of thought in the colors and in the water and in I'm wrapped up in a cocoon that I'm like tearing out of. And there's, yeah, I don't know if I have to spoil everything, but there's a lot of thought in that. And uh, yeah, uh, I, I think no, no, I immediately want to watch it again yeah. and, and like, <laughs> pay attention to some details uh, yeah, <laughs> and, and uh, try to, to guess some of your yeah, man. personality traits. <laughs> And when you were going through these like soul searching interviews, were you like, maybe we should just yeah. perform in a warehouse somewhere? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just, I, I really, I got hooked, man. I, I don't know. I just, if I, I almost felt like crying when I was there because yeah. it just, it felt so right. I mean, it was like, um, they, they knew so much about this, the video format. So they could, they really knew how to express what we wanted to express, um, just by, yeah, digging deep into the band and talking a lot to us. So I think the reason I think it's really good. And I think the reason it turned out, out really good is because we trusted them and we trusted their skills and we didn't want to, um, uh, to control everything in the process, but we wanted them to, uh, to make their, uh, like their translation of the music or of the us as persons. Yeah. The vision. Um, yeah. They also put an emphasis on, showing us as a band showing all the members giving us all like time uh 
like FaceTime. Yeah. Because I think we early on we when we talked about music, making music video, we didn't really want to be in the video. We just we wanted to hand it to someone that could make like an art project out of it because mm, we didn't yeah. want to do the whole playing thing. But uh, they talked us into like this is your first video. People should see who you are and wow. try to yeah. establish every person's yeah. band, right? Yeah, but it's an interesting uh, way to do it because my band is kind of the same way. Like we didn't <laughs> yeah, want to yeah. <laughs> be in the video. Um, and I think it was really just because like we didn't... I mean, I think I was like the of the least opinion to not be in it. Like it didn't matter that yeah. much to me. Um, but I think some of the others felt like it would be like kind of poser you know like like fake and like i don't know maybe not be doesn't live up to the standard that they would want to have for like the artistic yeah. side of the project so as the guy Oops. that does the videos i had to like come up with interesting ways to kind of i didn't do the same way that you guys did like getting deep into the personal <laughs> lives of one another but i mean you're part of the band you know your bandmates yeah yeah exactly so maybe it was more just kind of like um taking like the sense of humor that we have maybe or the the type of um the artistic language that we use and, and kind of make videos for, from yeah. from that way but um and when with our last video that we kind of talked about yours and ours together the video that we yeah, did yeah. for moon hunter where we have our silhouettes but you don't see us um oh, and i think cool. this was like a it wasn't a compromise but it was a way to kind of play on that idea of like showing the band but the band being like just like organic material floating around not there's no real yeah. individual and you kind of went the other way you made it very yeah, individualistic yeah. but didn't yeah but didn't make it in like you made it in a very honest way i guess is the way uh, what the thing i'm trying to say in the end is yeah. like it's it's not like you put on a you know like black clothes and try to be cool you know what i mean and like look cool. you <laughs> yeah, kind of yeah, represented exactly. yourself even more personally you know in this yeah. artistic way so a uh, very very cool choice i knew there yeah, was I something think... going on <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean it, it could easily have backfired yeah i totally get what you mean i mean we could look like yeah a bunch of poses but i think we just we went went so far that it <laughs> that it just it it worked in a way. Yeah. I mean, yeah. just from a production standpoint, it could have gone wrong, right? Like depending on who was yeah. making that video, you know, like yes. it could have looked yeah. like terrible, like especially because you guys had a lot of costume and stuff. And I mean, this yeah. could have looked, went really wrong. Why yeah. is it in uh, four by three? Yes, I knew it would come. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've been looking forward to this. Um, well, we are not, uh, we're not film techs or film geeks, but um, I've, I've talked to uh, yeah, Una and uh, a guy called uh, Christian who uh, who also helped us doing the video. And uh, they said that when they had a sit down, that was the first thing they decided to do. They wanted to do it uh, three by four instead. And that's because um, uh, you, I think you mentioned in the last podcast that usually the frame we used is uh, normal for uh, for portraits. Yeah. A portrait, uh, and yeah. that's what they thought too. They wanted to do it that way. And yeah. they also wanted to narrow it down a bit, what you could focus on. So they think, they thought that it it worked better when we, uh, there are some shots where we're lying in water. And and they said that by doing the framing the way they did, then uh, people would stay focused on us. But yeah, uh, yeah, the, yeah. the portrait, portrait shots is, 
that was the thought behind it. Yeah, that's yeah. Uh, cool. Uh, then, yeah, I, so then I was right, right about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it was funny because we were talking to Ross about that and he's a photographer. So I, you know, I figured he would kind of understand. I don't think he had seen the video at that point. So hopefully he got went back yeah, and saw but he, it. But he understood it right away. Yeah. And I, that's what I thought too, because at first I was, I, my being, I mean, I'm a filmmaker, but also working a lot online. So my first thought was like, oh, they just wanted it to look good in a, in a timeline. But then I was watching, I was like, nah, nah, there's more to it than that, you know? And I could see it from the framing and, and stuff that like it had this sort of, yeah, it, it, it felt to me like portraits of the band members. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which in a way yeah. it was, I guess. So very, very, yeah, very yeah. cool choice. And yeah, it does both. work well in a timeline. <laughs> yeah, that's good. But that's great. I mean, yeah, <laughs> the, the portrait thing is uh, uh, there's like single shots of each band member sitting uh, alone with uh, a different colored background mm -hmm. so we saw that it it uh, that was um, that was meant to be like a portrait shot yeah it was meant for the the viewer to have that feeling that that we were sitting there waiting to have a shot cool yeah yeah yeah, yeah so you were right <laughs> all right nice yeah. uh, super super interesting stuff yeah and 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 it's not every day that um <clears throat> you know, me music videos are, yeah. I mean, n not every music video is as, as artistic and th well thought out as yours, you know? So it's not like every day you can talk about videos to that degree, you know? So it's nice to, 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 to talk to you guys about the, how, how it works. Cause usually you don't ever know, you know, you don't know why people chose <laughs> to do a video that way. So yeah. Cool. Now that's going to be hard to top. So I can warn you that <laughs> once you make a really cool video, then everybody's going to expect every video is going to be as good. So yeah, yeah. Cool. That's my that's my yeah, cross yeah. to bear in our band. That when I, you know, the first couple of videos everybody really loved, and like then they were like, "All right, what's the next one?" And I was like, "I I can't just come up with <laughs> All right, I better cool intro. ideas." Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, but you, I think you, I think we learned a lot from the process, and uh, especially because we're having these long songs. So next time we might have uh, uh, some uh, extra locations that we're filming from mm. uh, to keep to keep the viewer uh, excited. Yeah, uh, because I think a lot of a lot of videos they they have I don't know the same shot or the same location, and then uh, it might work for a three minute song, but when you play 11 minutes, <laughs> yeah, it might be something else. So uh, I think next time we might have, we may have some extra locations. Um, but yeah, it has to be cool. It has to be great. <laughs> uh, we, we cannot fail. <laughs> we wanted, uh, why, don't, why don't you guys tell us a little bit about like what you had planned for the year and how things have now changed because of the Corona. We, I know that you had a bunch of dates on your Facebook page that were coming up, festival, some some stuff in Denmark. Do you want to talk about what you had planned and what's changed now for the year? Yeah, um, we had several festivals planned, and some of them were were public, and some of them weren't. So we we actually we had a lot of gigs uh, that we were about to announce when uh, the coronavirus hit us. So yeah, after after we made Nidus, uh, the debut album. Um, we had some momentum and it started getting easy for us to get gigs and um, both headline but also warm up for bigger bands. Um, so yeah, I mean, we've yeah we've lost I don't know maybe 
six to eight gigs in a month wow. now. So, uh, um, and fortunately, a lot of them are postponed for next year. So we have a lot of things to do in 20, uh, 2021. But right now, we, yeah, it, it feels bad, but we, we try to write new songs and work on our techniques and just stay busy. But we've, yeah, I think it feels, it feels sad when you've worked your ass off to, uh, to get the gigs and then all of a sudden that yeah, you can't do anything about it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think we had a similar conversation with our friend Abraham Sirachi the a couple of weeks ago, who um, also had a pretty big year planned out uh, and was like kind of on a roll, and then everything got canceled, and he just lost his drummer too. Um, who okay. because <laughs> of the Corona um, situation, he can't earn enough to live in Amsterdam, and so I think he went back home to Chile for. Um, and um yeah it's he didn't see that coming of course you know it was uh, totally unexpected and yeah it's seeing what everybody can do now to to make up for lost time i mean the the i guess the good news is that everybody's in the same situation right so yeah. um it's not like you know some bands are hurt and others aren't I mean, it's everyone you mm. know um yeah I was just watching, um, we've, we've been talking a lot about like the live concerts that people have been doing, like the uh, live uh, streaming Streams. stuff. Yeah. And um, I just saw that Devin Townsend had, I think, three or four um, that. dates that uh, the first two, I think, at least, that had tickets were sold out in 24 hours. He's doing um, uh. live concerts from his home studio. And donating 100% of the, the money to um, local hospital in uh, in Canada, um, to the NHS, to New York. Um, so pretty cool. And I think there was like yeah. 5,000 uh, tickets for the first show. Wow. Not bad. Uh, That's cool. Yeah. Devin actually was uh, doing a lot on Twitch lately, like pretty just doing a mix like remixing a, a song from sky blue or something live on twitch so you can s see him working and explaining his mixing yeah. magic and all all that kind of stuff and this yeah these quarantine videos from him um the, the, a lot of stuff that he did you could follow live on twitch while he did them actually yeah um but with the concerts actually um Two days ago, Easter Monday, um, I was uh, planning uh, on watching the live stream from uh, German extreme prog metal band Disillusion. And I also did. And it started at 8 p.m. Central European time. And as soon as it started, I got, I got five, six, seven, eight other notifications of live streams starting <laughs> that I could have watched or like of interesting bands that I like um, or it was also like um, some uh, Q&A or stuff but not not all being actually music played yeah. live um, but there's there's so much going on the the, mar the market that got like oversaturated so quickly yeah it was I crazy mean, I guess the point is is I mean like in in your cases um as well and 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 in, in my case with my guys that where we couldn't go on the tour that we had scheduled for right now 
it's just about like being visible right you know like putting stuff out there staying staying visible visible. uh for for fans um because once you kind of disappear into the cave of the rehearsal room or wherever then people forget about you i mean uh we talked a bit um maybe off the air with abraham about this um like the frustration of constantly having to keep up with that you know as you know you you, you're musicians first you're a band you know you want to make music and you want to create art and then bring it to people but this whole like race to the to the top of like how much content can we produce that's not even necessarily music related but just to stay you know relevant um exactly how do you guys feel about that well i think it's tough and we had an interview um, not very long ago where we said that um, we want to make good music. Uh, we don't want to make good emails, <laughs> but, but we have to do it. And I think it's the same with the the, rele- uh, the relevant content because uh, it's very hard to get out there and play, even if you have the best music ever, because people, they got to know you and the venue has to be certain that you can sell some tickets. So. But I, I don't know. I think uh, there's also an art to that, mm. to uh, being good at staying visible, being good at telling people your vision. And if it wasn't for the coronavirus, then I don't think we would be here talking together. So um, yeah, I think, yeah. Uh, at least for me, uh, the whole collapse of our gigs has made me think, okay, what am I in control of? I'm not in control of the gigs, but I can reach out for uh, for you guys yeah. and I can make new songs and I can work on my technique. And I mean, that way we, I feel that we stay productive, but, but it, it is frustrating sometimes that you have to come up with relevant content when you actually just want to make some music. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but it's a good point. I mean, we also have even changed the format of the show because people are kind of available now, you know, um, yeah, yeah. when we record in, in, in Germany at, you know, when, when Dario and I are, we're in the office together recording regularly, usually in the morning on Wednesdays or so. If it was an American band, for instance, it would be the wrong time. And then uh, yeah. the evenings were always hard for me because I have a family and stuff. So, you know, like having the time to have people on the show was not always easy. Um, and this has certainly allowed that as, as you know, an opportunity for us to kind of expand the show, but also to give voice, you know, to like hear how yeah. people are doing, talk to talk to people in the scene and get a real perspective on how people are dealing with it. Yeah, we, we have touched a lot of subjects already, yep. um, what, what, like the, the, the lyrics and all this vision that went into there, and then also the the music video and, of course, the strange times we live in. Uh, one thing we haven't really talked about is how you guys actually, yeah, like how, how the band Feather Mountain was born. And 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 maybe a little bit of your like the musical vision. What what you wanted to create when you got together? What yeah, that's something I would like to to know a little bit more about still. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Andreas and Christian and I have been playing uh, in a previous band before this as well. 
uh, but we lost a number of guitarists over the years, and so we found uh, two new guitarists and renamed the band, and kind of from the get-go uh, decided on like the vision, what we wanted to do. Musically, we were all on the same page. Like We wanted both melodic stuff, we wanted groovy stuff, we wanted heavy stuff, and we wanted the like first and foremost the dynamic. That's also where the band or the name comes from. We wanted like hmm. dynamically have to shift from like airy, smooth, soft stuff to like heavy hitting stuff. So yeah. Yeah, I, I definitely connected to the the band name right away. <laughs> yeah, the band Feather Mountain has existed since 2017, I think, but. Uh, it was after Jens and Oliver, our current guitar players, when they joined the band in in the fall of 2018, then things started to happen really fast. Uh, we started writing a lot of new material. Everyone had a drive to, you know, not only play music, but also to do some of the, the ne- necessary things that are related to being in a band. So that, that means that we quickly, we got in the studio and... We produced this, yeah, this debut album that we're very proud of, and I just think that there's like a before Jens and Oliver and the after, even though the, <laughs> yeah. even though the band existed before that. I mean, when they when those guys joined us, we just it was the spark. Yeah, that was, that was kicked a, it up again. Yeah, exactly, and everyone could people could feel the tension in the room that we just we wanted to we just wanted to make a lot of music and. Yeah, get to work. So um, the chemistry yeah. was just right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I mean, uh, is there anything you guys uh, would want to sum up for? You know, I mean, we we did we started to touch on like the things that you kind of like lost out on, but like what you're looking forward to and what other plans you might have now that things have changed uh, for the for the rest of the year and what's the outlook in Feather Mountain now. <laughs> well, yeah, man. At the moment, we are we're working hard on writing new songs. And when we made Nidus, we had the album first, and then we uh, we made the music video afterwards. And I think we're going to uh, to do it a little differently this time. We are discussing going to the studio, record half an album, uh, make some videos for that, and record the other half later. So so that's like a. a uh, build, set, build, set some hi- yeah, yeah, build some hype with yeah, single yeah. Yeah, exactly. every month. Exactly. <laughs> we just we were we were in a hurry last time. We just we just wanted to make that album, and then we did the video afterwards. But I think this time is going to have more hype, and it's going to be it's going to be a sense of coherence um, to it. So we are really looking forward to going to the studio again. Maybe uh, maybe this summer, maybe this fall, but. Uh, yeah, we'll get in there soon. And, and yeah, Nidus, you guys in- released that independently, correct? Yeah. yeah. Um, and do you have any plans to um, to like search? I mean, with I'm just interested because you mentioned the idea of recording half, making videos and releasing that, and I wonder how that would play into like any like label interest. Um, um, because I think that on, on the one side, creating interest for the band will create interest from labels, right? Uh, if that's the way you would want to go, but also maybe, uh, having stuff 
too much stuff out from an album makes it harder for a label to release. We had this issue. It, in the end, it didn't really matter, but <clears throat> it was it was an issue for for people yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that we had already released three music videos before the album came out. Um, yeah. oh, but I'm I'm curious. Uh, in the end, I think that they were wrong about that. I think it helped us because it did yeah. kind of what you're saying. It it we create an audience by doing yeah. that. Um, yeah. And we're currently kind of rethinking the whole like album, you know, cycle, like as a small band, like what to, should we make an entire album look for labeled like this traditional thing, which I think we tried to do with the first record. Um, I think we're kind of rethinking that now. And so I'm, I'm interested in your opinion about that um, with the second going into the second record. So what you're saying is it might be a good idea to have a couple of singles as a little like talk maybe to a label and see, do you have any interest in this? Is that what you're getting at? Or? I actually don't know the answer. I, I'm just okay. um, I'm just kind of going off of my experience. Um, and and I, I, I'm just curious what, yeah. you're, what you're thinking about doing because I don't know what, I don't know that there is a right way. I think a lot of people mm -hmm. will say, well, this is the right way or this is the wrong way. I would say that- This is the way. This is the way. <laughs> I mean, I would, yeah. I would expect that there are some labels who would view like, uh, if, you were, if you were making an entire album, right? Like in the studio and you had already released like three or four singles from the album before yeah. you signed with them, maybe they yeah. would have less interest to release an album because it would be harder to, to do the PR for, yeah, for yeah, releasing yeah. an album. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. And that's I would be careful doing that, certainly, yeah. But um, we have reached out to a lot of labels. Yeah, cool. And some of them wrote back, some of them didn't. And those who wrote back, they said that you guys are cool, but um, you don't really fit, fit in in uh, the artist roster. So yeah. I don't know. Um, I think we're just going to keep going. But yep. I could definitely um, see myself sending some material to a label when we had it recorded and saying, we are going to release this um at this point yeah. uh could you see yourself supporting this and or could you see all um, this album being a part of yeah part of your team so i think it's smart yeah. because we we also had a lot of re replies like this like oh we don't you like you're mm. not niche enough like in a certain type yeah. of prog you know to yeah. to to work for a label but i think if you can generate enough people around your music ahead of time, you know, then you will create your niche, you know, it will be a little bit different. So, um, yeah, it's a bit chicken and egg, right? Like, what, yeah, yeah, exactly. How yeah. do you, how do you reach the people if you don't have the marketing power of a big label and you know, what interest do they have if you're, yeah. Yeah, so of tricky. course. Yeah. So right now for night is, uh, where should people go to get it? Uh, Bandcamp? Question mark. If you want a physical copy, yeah, Bandcamp. Yeah. We have it uh, as a, a vinyl. We don't have CDs, but uh, oh, if you sweet. like vinyls, it's it's beautiful. It's a piece of art in itself. Sweet. Yeah, yeah the yeah. Artwork, artwork is beautiful. Um, so, and also, um, I mean, of course, you can stream it uh, as much as you want on uh, Spotify, but uh, on Bandcamp, you'll, if, you, if you don't collect vinyls, you can always get the digital download. Uh, yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, May I ask which you about also the... supports the band. <laughs> I just want to ask about the CD vinyl thing because uh, it's also an interesting topic for bands. Like the vinyl, of course, uh, is a hard. It's 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 more expensive investment for a band to create vinyls. 
but uh because of the like loss of cd sales like or that people just don't listen to the format as much anymore uh and i think for people that listen to heavy music and progressive music they like to own the thing right so the vinyl is more like a collector's item maybe than um the cd is that what you were thinking when you decided exactly. to go that way exactly yeah it's like a um the vinyl is just a, a level above the cd and we've i think i've only encountered two persons that wanted a cd from us um wow. most people that want something physical they want the vinyl and the rest of them they stream it anyway so i think we did the right thing just going with the vinyls and and making them really nice and as i said before i think it's a piece of art itself and not a, not just the cover but the, the vinyl itself is very, i'm just very seeing beautiful. it's a red black red yeah. black marble i'm gonna exactly. uh, i'll be ordering uh, i'm one gonna <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, I, i'll i'll be i'll be ordering one right away but also just seeing that you have the digital album is name your price um so people can actually put whatever they want yeah. um and that 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 also ties in what i was uh, just uh saying if you want to support the artists go uh, on bandcamp and buy the digital album even if they have a name your price tag there throw in a couple of bucks uh so your favorite artists can uh continue producing awesome music yep. for you and for all of us music lovers right yeah. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. absolutely it means it means so much every time even though it's it's a dollar only i just i get a, an email every time someone buys the album and it just it It, it's really nice to know that people uh, actually want to own it and want to support it when they could just have streamed it. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it means a lot to us, even though we don't get very rich from it. <laughs> it does uh, not, but, yeah, but uh, the support means a lot. Yeah, it does. Great. Yeah, great, guys. Thanks um, so much for, for joining us today and talking about us. the situation. <laughs> well, it was a super, super interesting talk and... Uh, Uh, as as I just said, uh, as soon as I close this call here, I'm gonna be ordering one of those beautiful vinyls. <laughs> Hell yeah, man! <laughs> Thanks, guys. Um, keep keep safe. Keep up the great work, and uh, we'll we'll see what the, what the next uh, months will bring. Um, if if we're gonna see each other at Prog Power this year, if Hopefully not, yeah. maybe maybe next year. Yeah. Uh, we'll see. Um, all the best to you guys. Thanks for being on the show. Uh, thanks to, to our listeners. You will hear us next week, of course, again. And of course, uh, yeah, stay safe. Thanks, guys. And Freaks out. The Freaks Progcast, presented by the Prog Space, is a production of Stuas Media and is recorded at the Moonbase Studios in Munich. The show is produced by Janine Stangel, Blake Lewis, Kai Metzner, Dario Albrecht, and myself, Randy and Salo. Our theme music is provided by This Is Not An Elephant. Thanks for tuning in, freaks. See you next time. Freaks out. <laughs>